today. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Still this pair at each other at the 400. But Double Coco, the jock's the first to go for the whip. Kiss the last. Nurse by Lang down on the inside will straighten up in front. Double Coco won't go away though on the outside. So she might have to get busy in a minute. Bank on a jet has had a nice run behind them. And running on Rock Dreamer. Double Coco moved up on the outside. Oh, Kiss the last. She dug her toes right in. And Double Coco straight away. And another one for Caitlin Johnson. And a great start to her career. Double Coco home. Oh, Belfagor flashed through. Yeah, He's Brett Mooney, you mentioned the young lady who hasn't had a trainer's licence for that long, and it was the first run, that horse, for Caitlin on the weekend there at Dolby. Let's cover off on this Dolby program. And joining us is Tony Clements. How are you, Tony? Um, great, thanks, Steve. Thanks for joining us this morning on Bushbeat, everyone, as we roll back the, what's happened this week in country racing and look back at that Dolby Cannonball program at Bunya Park last Saturday and also look at what happened at Pioneer Park at Emerald on the weekend. Caitlin Johnson is going to join us shortly, and as uh, Steve alluded to, you heard Moods call it, that uh, that's another winner for Caitlin Johnson. She's been going exceptionally since, uh, as Steve said, taking out her trainer's licence late last year and is already starting to uh, rack up plenty of winners. We're going to look at what's coming up in the weeks ahead as well. The calendar is starting to fill out now that we're getting well into 2023. We've got a lot of great racing coming up right throughout the year, right across country Queensland. And to help us out with all the news, as always, on Bushbeat, it's Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And great to hear that call from uh, Brett summing it up beautifully for Caitlin Johnson. I'm quite excited this morning, Tony, to be talking to uh, Caitlin shortly because there's a lot of history and heritage coming through from that Central West area with her connections to the Blackall area that we'll hear more of shortly. We're going to uh, talk to Caitlin about those connections and there was a really nice write-up by Jordan Gerrans on the Racing Queensland website uh, last year when Caitlin had her first starter uh, and uh, then managed to rack up a winner, I think, with her second starter with She's a Singer and uh, has managed to you know, put it together a pretty nice strike rate so far. Uh, three winners from five starters since late November and she's with us this morning on Bushbeat. Caitlin, good morning and congratulations. Hi, Tony. Hey, Rob. How are you going? Thank you. Yeah, good morning to you, Caitlin. Welcome to Bushbeat, but most importantly, welcome to a successful start to the career. You're a 22-year-old. You're joining that group of young trainers like young Tom Smith in Rockhampton. But there's a lot of history and heritage behind you we'll get to shortly. But just take us through that win of Double Coco, your second winner. And I take it, Caitlin, there's only two horses so far in the stable? Yeah, there is. Just Double Coco and she's a singer. Yeah, it was. Just it was take a, us through, take us through that win. Yeah, um, yeah, it was his first start with me, so that was pretty exciting. He, yeah, he jumped good, sat second up until about the two hundred, and then as soon as he got past the favourite, he was just had it easy. It was such He's, a good feeling. <laughs> He's had 15 starts before he came to your stable, Caitlin, and has been with a, a few names along the way. Started off with Joe Pride down in Sydney, uh, ended up with Jeremy Sylvester, and uh, then to, to Marcus Wilson on the Gold Coast. How did uh, Double Coco come to be with you? Uh, through, through, through the auctions, like Inglis. Um, but, yeah, no, it was so good. <laughs> How, how much did he cost you, Caitlin? Because I know she's a singer. The Whittington was about two thousand dollar buy. Was he another cheapie for the stable? Um, he was four. He was four thousand. Well, the winnings from she's a singer, I'm sure, helped uh, help with uh, double Coco. But uh, 
What a great start. What's the plans? Have you got a few more lined up out, out of the uh, auctions at the moment? Yeah, there's, oh, I'm still having a look on Bloodstock and Inglis, hoping to have another one in near, the near future, which will be good. But, yeah, just browsing at the moment. <laughs> well, take us through the, uh, the Caitlin got... Johnson story, if you can. Um, as I mentioned, Jordan put together a really nice uh, write-up last November on the Racing Queensland website that uh, gave everyone a little bit of your background, but not everyone would have seen that. So tell us the Caitlin Johnson story, if you would. Yeah, so um, my dad, Tom Johnston, he was a jockey and a trainer for decades. Um, and so was my uncle. He was a jockey and my aunt. Then my pop was also a trainer for a very long time. So I just grew up around horses my whole life. And, yeah, at a young age, I was doing pony club and going to state championships and that as well. So horses have kind of ran in our family for many, many years. <laughs> Yeah, Caitlin, you're a, a black old girl from my uh, recollection because your dad, I get a little bit confused because Pop and Dad are both called Tom Johnson, yeah, correct, they aren't they? Are. <laughs> yeah, well, in my my career in the Central West, I can remember the, the Tom Johnson gallopers going around and uh, that's your dad. I just want to yeah. check one thing. I couldn't for the life of me remember his colours, though. Can you remember his colours they raced in? Um, he did have white and pink uh, to begin with, and then it went to blue and yellow. Ah, yes. Um, and uh, he was doing track work riding, I think. I know he had a uh, tyre business yeah. going in Blackhall, and he's trained many winners, but I think he was he's still doing track work riding up until a year ago. Yeah, he was. Um, he'd come off and had a fall and hurt his shoulder uh, and had to have surgery on that, and it still hasn't quite been the same since so he's unfortunately had to get out of it but yeah he he loved it <laughs> you mentioned uh, dad's um, colors what's the significance of your colors then the turquoise with the white horseshoe and check sleeves um i was playing around with the colors for a very long time i just love the blue and with the white i just feels like it stands out so much in the race and you can definitely pick where your horse is so that helps a lot <laughs> Yeah, it's always always great to get the set of colours that you can see clearly. And and your pop, uh, Tom Johnson, I know he's in uh, the uh, Bolton Clark aged care facility in Longreach, uh, Caitlin. And and I know he must be following your career because a certain Barker's news agency supplies him with the uh, Courier Mail every day of the week. And I'm sure yeah. it's a form guide with this racing history he likes to follow. Even though it takes a day extra to get there, by the way. But uh, I'm sure he's yeah. following your career pretty closely. Oh, he definitely is. Yeah, he knows all the forms, all the races. He's completely on top of it. <laughs> Absolutely love it. You're Blackhall originally, but where are you based now? I'm in Dolby at the moment. Now, I was going to ask you that because it says on the form guides, Miss Caitlin Johnson brackets Jandowie, and then yes. I saw in Jordan's story that he said that uh, you're at uh, a place called Colkerry, which I know yeah, that there's so an estate about... on the, the outskirts as you're heading up to Bell, going up the Bunya Highway. So <laughs> I guess you, you've you got to go into Dolby to work the horses, but you're, you're basically around that, that uh, loosely around that Dolby area. Yeah, so um, Colkerry... It is, there is a road that cuts across to Jandowie as well. So it's about halfway between Dolby and Jandowie. Right. Yeah, so I do need to get my licence changed to Dolby because I am at the track here <laughs> definitely more. But <laughs> at least you've got that option to be and able to go in and work at Bunya Park uh, compared to working at something like the uh, the track at Jandowie. There's a bit of a difference yeah. there from the grass to the dirt. 
Yes. <laughs> Definitely. According to Jordan's story, Caitlin, um, you're also a barista. Now, where's the place we've got to stop at when we're driving <laughs> back that way and heading through Dolby? So it's Marissa's Espresso. It's on the corner of Bunya and Nicholson Street. <laughs> we definitely still have a good coffee. Anywhere near McDonald's, so I've got my bearings. <laughs> um, you Coming from Toowoomba, you go probably one more light and turn left, and then we'll be on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so long as, yeah, he'll find you now that he knows once he sees the golden arches, he'll know exactly where you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's That's usually the first pit stop on the drive back out west, Tony, of course, after getting away from the Gold Coast. But, Caitlin, you've you've got She's a Singer in at Warwick today in race two. Um, Chances for the listeners here today with uh, She's a Singer? Yeah, look, she's she's had a freshen up. She's looking amazing. She's feeling good. I really do think she'll go good. Like, obviously, the favourite will be hard to beat, but I think she'll she'll go good. (laughs) You've drawn it's barrier like four in the field of eight there today. Been... Yeah. Sorry, Sarah. Uh, sorry, uh, Caitlin. You've got Sarah Champkin on board. Barrier four in a field of eight. What sort of yeah. instructions does the jockey get? Um, well, she's a singer. She always jumps beautifully. So just get her out and go. That's pretty much all you need to do with her. She's she's a beautiful horse. She As soon as she gets out, she just goes. It sounds like you've done your form pretty well and, and the way you summed up that win of Double Coco suggests that you you know you had the pre-race plan. What a jockey to have on board for your yeah. second winner in Gary Gearan. He'd be one of the most experienced and professional um, jockeys going around on, on particularly the country and provincial circuit, Caitlin. Yeah, no, he's very good, Gary. <laughs> and talking about She's a Singer, just give us a little bit of the background there, how this uh, Whittington mare came to your stable as well because it had been through a, a couple of different stables as well. Was that another one that was through the auctions after being yeah, with the likes yeah. of Johnny Smurden and Jared Wheeler? Yeah, so she was on Inglis and that's how I come to purchase her. But, yeah, she's just been a beautiful horse, hasn't put a foot wrong, always tries the hardest. She's just amazing. You must have been uh, thrilled then getting a third uh, at Ipswich with your first start with her, but even more thrilled <laughs> to then win at Texas and then win again at Toowoomba a yeah. week later. It, it honestly felt surreal, like, <laughs> just to come out starting a career and having her as your first horse and her doing that straight up. It's, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> What's the uh, the plans with Double Coco after uh, the win at Dolby on the weekend? Um, I'm not in a... Like, he won't be starting this week. I'm just searching for the right race to put him in, but... Yeah, within the next fortnight or three weeks, he'll be going around again. Just got to find the right race for him. <laughs> He's pulled um, up good. so. Always the way, isn't it? You've got to find the, the best place to keep, to, uh, keep yourself in, the worst place to keep your horses in, and that way you get home with plenty <laughs> of prize money. Well done again on the, the win there on the weekend and your strike rate so far. Three winners uh-huh. from five starters is a strike rate that anyone will be proud of and wonderful to be able to uh, showcase your career so far and hopefully there's more and plenty more winners on the way for you. Yeah, thank you so much. Good on I you, Caitlin. Caitlin one more Johnson question, with us Tony. Sorry, go on, Rob. Uh, I just have one more question for Caitlin. With Blackhall coming up at the end of February, is there any chance we're going to see uh, the new uh, name of Johnson out there, when, as in Caitlin Johnson racing at Blackhall? With, uh, I'm sure Dad Tom would be very proud to have you there. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll have a look into it. That would be a pretty cool experience. <laughs> but we'll have to see. 
You just never know. You're like in the in the, uh, the small towns rather than the big city, as they say. Caitlin, thanks so much for joining us on Bushbeat. Well done again on the weekend and continued success. Thank you so much, guys. As I mentioned, Rob, it was the uh, Dolby Cannonball program there at Bunya Park on the weekend. We've showcased race one, the maiden. Here's the feature event, the Cannonball. First of all, Prince spots the lead about seven around the turn. Few too many last to straighten up. Peyton it on the outside of Elusive Eagle. The tenor now pops and there's a beautiful run there. Then you could fit a semi-trailer through in the centre. Elusive Eagle kicking strongly. He's rolling with the fro. And now Festival Prince starting to get into his work. Elusive Eagle's got a good kick on the inside with rolling with the fro. The tenor, they can't get Elusive Eagle. All the way he goes the Gumba Windy Galloper. And he's proved too good. Has got up to beat either Festival Prince rolling with the flow that tenor couldn't read yeah great running ride there by lily Barr to get elusive eagle home as brett moody said in the call they just couldn't run him down and brett's with us on bush beat this morning good morning moods yes good morning uh tony rob and good morning everyone yeah i almost uh stumbled into the gundawindi gray it uh, almost fell out because he's uh definitely not gray but uh yes everyone loves that uh, front running style and what a great pickup this horse has been for barry shepherd and uh, family connection there out at uh, Kanamala with um, and daughter Carrie Ann in it as well, uh, brother David and uh, yeah Tommy Tilo a part owner as well and uh, um, and now of course he's had two wins a second and a third from his last five runs uh, since he returned he had that uh, run earlier last campaign but since he's returned back in October that's been his record and uh, he was there for the taking. Um, and, of course, the first two races, the horses had come down the outside and uh, he was the first one to win on the fence. And, um, yeah, they were all there and it was a pretty good feel. As I mentioned, there was, uh, I think, uh, tallied up, they'd won over $2 million in prize money between them and over 70 wins. And the tenor and Festival Prince making his return, he was heavily backed into favourite, but the race just didn't unfold for him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he run 57-7. They're all there to, to get him, and in the end, he was getting away from them. Yeah, good morning to you, Brett. Um, th- this is another of the sidesteps that seem to have a real flow on at the moment. Of course, he's got that very exciting two-year-old going around in Brisbane at the moment, but this race is always a qualifying race for that new market coming up in March, and I assume that's uh, where Elusive Eagle will be headed next. Yeah, well, the the test will be to get out to the 1,200, but he has won four races at the uh, 1,200. Um, the 1,100, um, his last couple, he's just been grabbed. But, uh, yeah, maybe the 1,200, he's able to uh, control a little bit easier and certainly he was able to hold them out there. So there's no problem with him going to be holding him, holding them out at the, at the 1,200 in the new market. But just how much pressure he uh, has to absorb there will be the uh, telling factor, but I think he'll be in the uh, race right up uh, up to his ears. I'm not sure this year, I looked at the conditions, whether it's a, um, a non-claiming event, which uh, may prevent um, some advantage, but I assume with uh, Lily's uh, association that they'll probably uh, uh, stick with uh, with her. I'll look that up. The Dolby Newmarket Lightning meeting is going to be a tab card coming up on the uh, 4th of March. And speaking of Dolby and tab cards, I was impressed, Brett, to see 54 starters there on the weekend, considering the Dolby's only just had a tab meeting and there's always plenty of racing around the region. Like, I know Warwick was uh, washed out last week and transferred to today, but there's always uh, plenty of options for for trainers to be running their horses at, whether it's going to be uh, Toowoomba on a Saturday night or some of the Gatton meetings or Kilcoy or any number of... uh, opportunities but i was very impressed to see the size of the fields there on the weekend at bunya park 
Yeah, and of course it was the first Saturday uh, where the uh, extra prize money had kicked in and wow, hasn't it uh, already uh, injected some heat into the... Uh, into the uh, region's uh, racing and uh, that's something obviously that they're going to have to manage uh, pretty well otherwise you're going to have a lot of horses but it's getting back to the old days uh, horses missing out but it's getting back to the old days when I grew up uh, you know in Charleville and all those country towns where you know every uh, corner there was someone had a horse you know so um, I think it's getting back to that day so as you know I do a lot of um, statistics uh, try to keep track of a uh, number of wins and that, but it's just with the trainers, it's just becoming, uh, you know, almost impossible because, uh, you yeah, there's just so many trainers. Uh, and uh, just to give you, to follow on from that, there's actually 77 acceptors uh, uh, for the meeting, uh, which originally just a five-race non-tab program, which mm. they uh, split the uh, maiden plate into two divisions. So... Uh, that's just unheard of, um, you know, to have nearly 80 runners, uh, acceptors for, um, you know, a non-tab meeting. Uh, 12 were eliminated, but you've got to add into that that, yeah, there was uh, others that were, you know, fifth and sixth emergencies that had already scratched because they, they knew they weren't going to get a run. So, yeah, it's probably looking about 18 horses missing out uh, at that meeting. And as you said, uh, it was Toowoomba's first uh, Saturday night back after a month off. Uh, we had the Kilcoy uh, Australia Day program only a week earlier. Uh, so, yes, there's been plenty of uh, meetings, but I've always said that, you know, Racing Queensland, particularly now they've added this heat uh, into injection into this uh, area that they're really going to have to monitor it and perhaps uh, look at more uh, non-tabs or originally they were looking at these uh, Sky 2 uh, matinee tab programs. I think that should be back on the agenda for places like Dolby, Gatton, Warwick, um, Kilcoy, um, Esk, all those places, Chinchilla that are, you know, within a couple of hours of uh, Toowoomba, um, one of them should be holding one of those uh, five race programs every Saturday. Yeah, there's such a good flow-on effect. And as we've heard uh, with Caitlin Johnson this morning, new people coming into the game and, and uh, striking early with winners. And, of, of course, that was the kickoff of the program. But that uh, that split maiden you mentioned, Brett, I just love the fact of the name for this horse that won the uh, the second division, lynched uh, by Wanted. So there's a nice connection there. But, <laughs> of course, owned by Mr. M.B. Lynch and Mrs. J. Lynch. You couldn't get uh, a better-named horse winning on the day. Yeah, I'll say, um, and a great advertisement for the Clear Mountain uh, sire in uh, in Wanted. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Lynch, Michael Lynch, uh, of course, did have a, own a trainer's licence, but he's a uh, hobby breeder uh, on the downs and uh, bred uh, Lynch out of the mare. Actually, a, 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 she was a grey uh, mare. I remember calling her uh, way back um, at the start of her career, about a second and third start. She ran in a two-year-old race at Dolby, was beaten by a horse called Fleet and Fast for Cole Williamson. Well, he uh, went on to win about 12 races, including, ironically, the Cannonball, uh, you know, some many years later. So there was a connection there. Uh, that was the damn Annalisa and a movable option mare. But, of course, he's a gelding now, lynched, and um, <clears throat> he'd had the two starts last campaign. He came back and sat at the back of the field, and Nathan Fazakli brought him down the centre, and he was able to run over them and run, run away quite comfortably there. It was good also for Nathan. He's been out of the saddle uh, on the sidelines for a month so he was uh, that was only his second meeting back so good to see him in the winner's circle with lynched 
just confirming that Dolby Newmarket meeting coming up uh, on the 4th of March is a country apprentice claim meeting. So Lily might be okay to be able to continue uh, her association with um, Elusive Eagle headed towards uh, the Dolby Newmarket. But yes, definitely, uh, according to the, the Race Queensland magazine and the calendar, apprentice claim is listed as country for that meeting on the 4th of March. We mentioned... Yeah, Dolby well, you'd Coco. think it, Sorry, he, he would uh, be very hard to beat um, with Lily's uh, 2kg claim. So he's going to be down... Um, around about the uh, you know around about the 54, he's going to take plenty of stitching. Yeah, we mentioned Double Coco for Caitlin winning the first race. Gary Girin in the saddle there. Uh, Gary teamed up with uh, son and wife Corey and Kylie with Ma Baby to take out the Class B, which was race three. Yeah, she's been a very uh, consistent mare, uh, daughter of Ma Hasara. Uh, she's been uh, placed in six of the seven, just the one win, so they took her back to the uh, non-tabs to get her um, some, um, just a win on the board and get the uh, confidence up. It looked a little bit ugly there. Uh, Gary just uh, probably rode it too well there from Aid Alley. He snagged across and got a run up and just a ch- shut there on the home turn, but then she was able to get herself into the clear. Gary was able to give her a, a run through in the centre and she burst away and uh, and put them away nicely. Good effort by uh, uh, the Charlie Henry's take me out back. She's a consistent uh, old horse, and uh, giving uh, Charlie uh, he uh, continues to muck around with him, and uh, he rarely runs poorly. He was in second place there. Yeah, the cutest race, uh, Brett. The cutest benchmark fifty uh, taken out by a non-cutest horse. But I'm noticing more and more, even though there was a few runners in this one, more and more we're finding these fields are totally with cutest runners. Uh, but Miss Moscato, a Mossman. Uh, Mayor having its fourth run for the stable for Jason Gregory and, and young Landon Sykes, uh, another winner there in the benchmark 50. Yes, well, uh, Landon, uh, of course, uh, uh, teamed up uh, with a winner on the um, um, tab program at Tadalby, um, right up on the inside, uh, running today. Uh, Help me out, um, Terry Alls horse, it's won three in a row. Um, <laughs> it just escapes uh, me. He's racing at, uh, at Warwick today. Uh, but yeah, so that was his uh, second uh, uh, meeting, uh, second winner. And uh, this occasion, though, he brought Miss Moscato right down the outside. She came from about second last on the turn. So it was uh, it was great to see the. Uh, normally at this time of the year, and you go in those Facebook uh, memories, they come up with meetings, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago, and it was all brown. And, uh, yeah, they had that nice uh, drop of rain. It was all green and uh, started off on a soft six. It was a soft five. Uh, the times were, were solid, you know, 57.7 for the 1,000-metre flying, but uh, not breaking any records. And they were able to lead on the fence, come down the centre, and uh, there were two winners that uh, that sat one off. Um, and then, of course, in the last race, uh, Paul Hamlin produced a special um from last right up on the inside to win on Zuzu Kakanaka. So they were able to come from back in the field. But Miss Moscato, that was the second run back from a spell. She started at that uh, meeting at um, Dolby, first up from a spell, and the extra distance, um, and she was able to win well over the uh, Rob Heathcote-trained uh, uh, galloper in Boom Ranger. I see he's on the... Um, uh, the digital uh, for sale sign after Saturday. So it was the last throw of the dice for him. He was perfectly ridden by John Kissick and he just, he, he was home everywhere by the last 100 metres, but he just uh, just couldn't get it done. That was his 10th minor placing. But flowing on from what you said, Rob, the cutest 
does attract, uh, particularly in this area, uh, those uh, metro stables of sending these horses out, uh, you know, in, even into the uh, non-tabs, and it's certainly a great boost. Yeah, very much so. Brett, going back in history, I can remember around 2010 and 11, it was hard to uh, to get those city stables looking at cutest races as far west as Dolby, but now it's a common occurrence and that's what we want to see. And talking of owners having a good little run, and of course you mentioned Kilcoy, Con Searle and Zuzu Kakanakis. Uh, I'm not sure if Con was on track on the day, but uh, good to see that win and great to see Paul Hamlin uh, with that heavyweight riding situation continuing to boot <coughs> home those winners in the final event. Yeah, and his uh, strike rate this year is uh, is uh, around about uh, t- or a bit over twenty percent now. This year, uh, Paul Hamlin, he's just uh, you know, he's fit as he's ever been, as light as he's ever been, is doing it comfortably, and um, and as a result, he's able to uh, to pick up more rides uh, each meeting. But he's still uh, pretty selective uh, as to um, what he uh, what he gets ab- aboard. Uh, but Zuzu Kakanakis, uh, that'll be great for Con and Kevin Kemp. Um, he deserved that victory. He's just been with his racing style. He just finds it hard. He gets back in the field and, um, you know, he, he just needed a special ride from Paul Hamlin back second last on the fence and it just opened up for him and um, he zoomed up on the inside and, you know, he's been a model of consistency without winning and uh, that was a well-deserved victory in the last. That horse at Terry Halls that you were trying to think of, Denny's a suspect, lines up in the last today at Warwick. That's it, thanks, uh, TC. Yeah, the old Alzheimer's kicking in, but yeah, he won three in a row. Landon did uh, talking of getting up on the inside. That was uh, yeah, exactly what he did on uh, Denny's a suspect, and uh, it'd be very hard to beat uh, holding him out to uh, to win four in a row today. I was looking before at the odds, and I see that she's a singer for Caitlin Johnson's a four dollar chance on fixed odds with Tab in the second race. Uh, let's have a look at the last event there. Dinny's a suspect is a four dollar forty chance. That might be the bush beat all up today, Rob. It sounds like a good, interesting little bet. It might get my runabouts to uh, change around, Tony. <laughs> Where are you off to next, Moods? Uh, we got uh, Miles, uh, the annual Miles race meeting just down the road, uh, just a little further west uh, this Saturday, Tony. So that's always a, a big meeting at their annual annual day there. All right, Marilla Cup day there Saturday. So that means we might do the booking now and get you back next Tuesday on Bushbeat to tell us what happened there at the crossroads at Miles on the weekend. Look forward to it. Good on you, Brett. Brett Moody joining us there looking back at Dolby's Cannonball program on the weekend. Rob, just having a look at some of the other highlights from what happened during the week. We mentioned that Warwick was uh, postponed last Tuesday to run today for their Disability Awareness Tab Race Day. Uh, Townsville raced last Friday. Now, that was the Bowen meeting that was scheduled and had to be rescheduled to uh, Townsville because Benbolt Racecourse at Bowen had something like 900 millimetres of rain in January, including 120 mils the week before the scheduled meeting. So Benbolt was a uh, Benbolt racecourse was uh, unsuitable to race on. So the meeting was uh, able to transfer to Townsville, which was good news for jockeys Justin Stanley and Ashley Butler with a treble and a double respectively. And Clinton tra- uh, Clinton Taylor trained a double at the card. Uh, Brett mentioned Toowoomba's first meeting back on Saturday night. Aiden Thompson rode a double there. And Cairns had their tab program on Saturday for their Chinese New Year race day. And well done Freddie Whelan with a double there with Dreamline and Winds of War. Following on from the Warwick Tab program today. Rockhampton race on Friday. Townsville and Toowoomba have tab meetings on Saturday. Shout out to Mackay racing next Tuesday for Valentine's Day. And at the non-tabbers, as we mentioned there with Brett, Marilla Cup Day coming up at Miles and the Nango are back racing this coming Saturday, Rob. 
Yeah, now you mentioned Clinton Taylor in uh, Townsville and a couple of things there that Townsville meeting uh, a couple of horses I think to really follow one of them is Siberian Root that uh, I notice is going for a little break in preparation for a Cups campaign for John Manselman, a winner for Justin Stanley and owner Ian Mitchellmore has had this horse in a paddock, he had a broken knee Tony, there's a good article again on Race Q about Siberian, Siberian Root, uh, so watch out for him because he's three wins in a second he's only four runs for the stable and Clinton Taylor gets that double with kick on command, but also Minakawa taking the cutest money as a three-year-old spirit of boom filly. You're wondering where I'm going with this, I know, Tony, but go to Emerald on the weekend <laughs> where we welcome Scotty Power to the show this morning. And the first race there, Twisted Sister, Clinton Taylor again, this time with Brooke Richardson, another three-year-old filly by Spirit of Boom that's two from two at the track. Cutest money yet again. Clinton Taylor loves the cutest money. I've seen him comment on this before and deservedly so. He's, he's, going, uh, he's going with a boom with his team here and the Spirit of Boom's particularly uh good morning to you scotty power and it must have been an impressive win for twisted sister yeah thanks uh, robbie good morning to you good morning tony and good morning everyone yeah twisted sister backed up its last start at one of the tab meeting uh bidding uh, the same horse uh still feeling it uh now they met, they met with the same sort of weight difference but still feeling it came back down to 57 kilos uh from carrying the 60 and a half that was uh the previous start and it was a lot closer finish, but Twisted Sister, Brooke Johnson's got a good association uh, with this filly. And, yeah, Clinton Taylor, he travelled to Townsville, uh, went up there Thursday, raced Friday, back home Friday night, out to Emerald Saturday, as was there was four jockeys that rode at the meeting in Townsville as well that tracked down to uh, Emerald on the Friday night and they rode at the meeting. But, yeah, Twisted Sister, racing in good form, has now won three races and, as you said, uh, raced by the, uh, the Gibson family, and Brian celebrated his birthday on Saturday, um, part owner of Twisted Sister. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've had a very good run with the Clinton Taylor stable and, and ridden by the apprentice, Brooke Johnson. Jumped out, <coughs> led, did all the hard work up front. Still feeling it come off the rail to give chase, but Twisted Sister was able to hold off, still feeling it, uh, ridden by Emma Bell for Glenda Bell. And winding up in third spot was LVR for Adam Spinks and Tracy Simmons. But, yeah, no, a good win to Twisted Sister. Uh, three wins. Um, out of its uh, five starts, so a very good record. Ash Butler, you mentioned, um, being in Townsville, get, gets the race to race double with races four and five, but interestingly, again, here with Red Wana, a famous racing family in the Alpha area, the Cypher family, in the ownership of this one Gina three-year-old. Yes, and they've only had it for the two starts, Robbie, uh, Jamie and Zach uh, Cypher. Um, they had um, a, a little bit of luck with... Uh, another horse with Blender, and, and of course they bought Red Wana just lately, and it's only had the uh, four starts now for two wins. It won its maiden at Toowoomba by a big space, finished down the track of the sunny coast as an odds-on favourite, its next start, and then was sold. And uh, they purchased the horse, it's had the one run back at Mackay before Saturday, but Ash Butler gave it a 10 out of 10 ride and uh, teamed up with Glenda Bell again and, and Red Wana. Uh, he saved every inch of ground on the inside, sat behind the speed early, uh, the intentions were possibly to lead on Red Wana, but there was a little bit of pace in the race, so Butler uh, elected to take the sip behind the pace, and Palace House, who got to the lead just after straightening, but then he got to work on Red Wana, and Red Wana was able to pull away and win by a better length in the run of the line. As I said, raced by uh, Jamie and Zach Seifer, trained by Glenda Bell, ridden by Ash Butler, the first leg of the double, defeating Palace House for Liv O'Donnell and Craig Smith, and winding up in third spot with Informer for Chris McIver and Raymond Williams. It's now a good win to Red Wana, getting its Class B, 
uh, the free win, we call it, because it's still a class one horse, but there's more wins in store there. And it was a race-to-race double for one Gina, the stallion, uh, with Super Bazooka, that second leg for Ash Butler, with, riding for Raymond Williams. Yeah, Super Bazooka uh, gave Raymond Williams uh, a belated birthday birthday present. Uh, he also part owns the horse. Uh, but Super Bazooka, again, Butler gave it a 10 out of 10, uh, sat in behind them, come to the outside when they straightened up and held off Native B. But, yeah, Super Bazooka was a very good run at the TAB meeting behind Varhash last start. Uh, quickly turned the tables on Varhash and, and was mild too good for them. Uh, Native B, Fatalia Fenlon and Damien Wright out finishing in second spot. And Mandara, uh, Mandara, sorry for Adam Hill and Johnny Manzerman winding up third. But, yeah, no, it was a, a race-to-race double for Ash Butler. He only had the two rides uh, from backing up from the Townsville meeting and he rode the last two winners uh, in tremendous style. We, we know one owner who's having a tremendous trot, Rodney Hay, and I'm sure he was on track on the weekend. This deference that Craig Smith produced with Liv O'Doll on board. Uh, look, it, it was uh, trained by uh, Tash Chambers and won here last meeting under her name. The first run for Craig in the stable, but isn't Rodney having a, a tremendous trot and another winner here with deference? Yeah, Rodney, of course, as we know, just recently located the Chinchilla and he's bought a, a lot of horses lately and they spread right out uh, across the state. And now Deference trained by Craig Smith. I spoke to him before the race. Um, as an odds-on favourite Deference, um, the claim for Liv O'Donnell came into play. Um, went from a Class 3 up to Open Company. That's a big task. Um, as we know, it was only the small field. But, gee, it won impressively Deference. And um, I think um, there was a word of mention, possibly a Battle of the Bush campaign heading for Deference. Uh, and the way it did win, it won very well. Uh, defeating Kravitz for Talia Fenlon and Pat Brennan, and winding up in first spot was Fratellino for Adam Spinks and Tracy Simmons. But, yeah, no, Deference made it a back-to-back uh, win at one here at the TAB meeting uh, in a Class 3, then backed it up by winning the Open Handicap uh, there on Saturday at Pioneer Park. And Johnny Manselman and Jade Doolan had been in Townsville, Siberian route, and uh, this one had put in a good run at Bundaberg the last week, which had, intri- uh, you know, it took my uh, notice, bit of fun, and it got up with an all-the-way win, and uh, Scotty and Tony, correct me, was it 32 for Jade Doolan? Because I'm sure she'll be listening, and I've forgotten what number <laughs> she's up to. Is it 32 wins now, uh, claiming two apprentice in Jade Doolan? Yes, 32 wins, all right, and uh, Jade's a very, very hard worker, as we know. Uh, was at Townsville on Friday with Johnny, and again, they made the track down to Pioneer Park. But, gee, it was um, we're rated perfectly in front by Jade, bit of fun. Uh, was taken on the earlier middle part of the race, but she was able to give a breather before the turn and was too good for soccer it up for Adam Spinks and Dennis Schultz. And winding up in third spot was a top eight Emperor's reward for Liv O'Donnell and Dennis Schultz. But, yeah, no, a bit of fun. Uh, I think there's more wins in store there. Uh, as Johnny said, I'm, I spoke to him after the race, uh, a real try, a bit of fun. It was good to see a break. It's made the status, but it will win a couple more with that bit of confidence. And as I said, rated perfectly by Jay Dillon in front. Yeah, the Maguire breeding and uh, racing partnership there of Paul and Lynn Maguire at the ownership of Bit of Fun. Scotty, I've got to mention to you, look, the Emerald Track looking in such fantastic condition and Raymond Williams doing a great job. Uh, and I do notice that Regional Cast has an ad out on their site for a videographer 
for Emerald, which would be great to see because it, it just seems disappointing with the quality of caller they've got in you, mate. Uh, it just seems disappointing that you're relying on the stewards' footage, which is great we're getting footage, but we can't hear your race call too well. So if you if there's anyone out there that can help with regional cast, please reply to that ad so that uh, you can uh, get the jewel in the crown at that Emerald track when you're seeing such great uh, a great track and great calling happening. It'd be just good to get the whole package. We're getting a bit sport now, aren't we, of course, with all the coverage of uh, non-country <laughs> racing, non-tab racing. Yeah, I just think it's a little bit disappointing, Robbie, from where we were 12 months ago and then 12 months later, you, you sort of don't have anyone available to actually do that. And, you know, with the uh, track and picture our school order and Raymond's done a tremendous job. He's worked with Warren Williams uh, to get that track back to where it is at the moment. And we've had a bit of rain, which has helped as well. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it was good footage, obviously, with the stewards, uh, footage there for, for the um, replays. But, you know, it's very frustrating for the people that do want to watch their horse race and... It's very muffly because, as you know, the video footage uh, from the stewards' tower was 100 metres past where I called from. But, um, you know, certainly we, we should be able to get someone available because, you know, it's it's a locally, um, a locally owned company with regional cast. And, you know, hopefully they can work things in a positive direction because, you know, we're only early in the year, Robbie, and if we can't get people available, we've got a lot of meetings happening in the next couple of months. In particular, I mentioned Easter Saturday is our next meeting at Amberland. You know, if you've got about 10 meetings that are going ahead that day, well, how are we going to possibly get any of the footage to to actually be up on, you know, uh, you know, downloaded and, and be up for people to watch? And then we've got the Emerald Cup meeting on the 20th of May. So, yeah, um, if anyone is out there, gee, put your hand up. It's, it's, you know, it's just a shame that it has gone to where it is. When you're uh, thinking, folks, of you know, oh, that's not for me. I've, I've got no idea about working a camera or anything like that. Um, the, the ad on regional cast on Facebook does say that they're going to support a Cert Three in videography. All you need is really the confidence in dealing with the equipment, uh, and all of the other uh, experience, uh, I guess, will come to you. Or all of the instruction will come to you. Instruction will be provided. You just need license and reliable transport. And it's not not just Emerald. It's obviously uh, camera work uh, for the team for regional cast around that central highlands region with some of the other meetings coming up so yeah if you're interested have a look at regional cast on facebook or drop tony an email not me the other tony at regional <laughs> cast uh, production at regionalcast.com.au it'd be great to be able to boost I'll, that along because we've come such a long way in a, a really short space of time Rob. yeah and, and tony the other tony that you're talking about does a <laughs> tremendous job in the coordination of all that and i know he'll give you uh, tremendous support if you take up that role because uh He's, uh, he's got some good ideas going forward and he just needs the right people behind that, that camera to help out. So uh, please respond. But, yeah, that's the other Tony we're talking about there, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, thanks for joining us to wrap up what happened there at Emerald on the weekend. We'll talk soon. Hey, thanks, Bruce. Good morning, you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Scott. Rob, as I mentioned, uh, tab programs this week. Warwick today, Rockhampton Friday, Townsville and Toowoomba Saturday, and the non-tab is on Saturday, including miles for the Marilla Cup program, as well as the Nanga. We've run out of time this morning, but I was going to just give a quick shout-out to some of the calendar events that are coming up. We touched on that Dolby Newmarket meeting coming up on the 4th of March, and Scotty mentioned there the uh, Battle of the Bush series. Well, that starts with the qualifiers at Gundawindi and Gympie 
on the uh, 15th of April. The Magic Millions Rob Kosh Memorial Far North Queensland Upcoming Stayers Series will kick off with Honestly Cup Day on the 8th of April. The 2023 Outback Racing Showcase Series will start with the Julia Creek Cup on the 22nd of April. And uh, we're back into the Burnett's Beach Series with the race day coming up at Monto on the 25th of March. Subsequent legs, Anzac Day of Wanday, uh, Burren Down on the 6th of May and Bundaberg wraps it up on the 13th of May. And good to see those jump outs proceeding at Longreach and I believe Mount Isa with horses getting in preparation for the opening of racing in the central west and northwest with that black hole meeting coming up at the end of February. And just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au any great stories uh, such as the Caitlin Johnson story that we featured this morning on Bushbeat Tony. We'll be back next week. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Thank you to Rob Luck, Caitlin Johnson, Brett Moody and Scott Power for joining us this week. If you missed any of the show, as always, the podcast goes up on Megaphone. The link to that will go out on the Regional Cast Facebook page later on today, as well as tweeted out on the Radio Tab uh, Twitter page. Their, their Twitter handle is at Radio Tab Oz, and we'll be back with you next Tuesday to wrap up all of the country news once again on Bushbeat.